0: Yell yeah, and sends one the right center indeed! Get up!
1: What's going on, ball-and-glove-loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewer's Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kirth, or your articles by following me on Reviewing the Brew on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod, or search us on YouTube, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. Joining me as always is my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor. He is super pumped today because the Packers are advancing to the NFC championship game. So make sure you check out the Packers Trilogy podcast for all of that content. Follow Trevor on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. Do I dare ask how you are doing on the Sunday as we're recording the day after the Packers have won? I am doing
0: pretty fucking fantastic. If I do say so myself, I can't. Can't complain. Like you said, Packers are moving on to an NFC championship in Lambeau Field. There was a decent amount of – like 9,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but when when you looked at that game, it seemed like a lot. Maybe that's just because – it just seems like a lot because of this world we're living in with COVID and everything, but it it was a great game. Happy that there was actually some fans that were able to be there – Um, Definitely brought a little bit more of that vibe that we've been waiting for, but I'm excited, very, very happy, and I'm excited for our content we have today. It's something that, as a NFL draft nut like I am, MLB Prospects makes me happy because I like the idea of seeing what we got in the system and all that kind of thing, so I'm excited. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, as he hinted to, it is essentially prospect season in the baseball world right now because new rankings are coming out and people are starting to evaluate them and obviously hope there's going to be a minor league season to, to see how they progress. But before we get in there, I think that you are going to be even more excited with the fact that uh, the Brewers and Brandon Woodruff agreed to a deal to avoid arbitration. So... That happened earlier in the week and Woodruff's deal is pretty club friendly. 3.275 million was what they settled with. I mean you look back at what his projected value was, his low end was two point three, his high end was four point five. So right in the middle, I mean a little over three million dollars to retain your ace for another season. I am very pleased with how that turned out, and, and thank you, Brandon Woodruff, for agreeing to that deal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that works. Um, Having Woodruff and Hader, I'm a little disappointed that I planned on wearing my brand new Brandon Woodruff jersey for this podcast. Not that anyone really sees that, but I was excited to wear it for this podcast knowing that that just happened. But I'm disappointed in myself that I forgot to wear (laughs) that. But Josh Hader back and not being traded. And Brandon Woodruff back. I, you know, this this week has been pretty good to me. I, I'm not going to complain at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Woodruff. Of course, uh, they avoid arbitration this year, which I think is really nice because last year Hader got shafted essentially in the arbitration process, and I think there was, you know, you could tell he was a little frustrated with it. Not mad at the Brewers per se, because he knows it's you know it's all part of the process, but. This year gets six point six seven five million dollars with the deal. Um, of course, his top end projection, according to MLB trade rumors, was six point eight. So, just a little bit below the top end of what was expected there. Um, but I think he has to be pleased with this pay raise. And I think overall, like if you know, especially if Josh Hader continues this dominance, if he's going to remain a Brewer after these arbitration years, um, I think kind of agreeing on this one year deal. Avoiding going through the painful process again, giving him that this pay increase that he deserves, I think will hopefully go a long ways to if he wants to stay here after those years are up. But that's just my take on it. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I I do
0: think the Brandon Woodruff thing, like you mentioned Josh Hader kind of being shafted in arbitration last year. I feel like Brandon Woodruff said, okay, I will agree. I will make it slightly team-friendly because I don't want them to put me on the the lowest part of that. At least I get a little bit of a pay raise. I was kind of surprised. I, I, I don't know if this is standard for Brewers fans. I was kind of surprised to see them avoid arbitration and then it only be a one-year contract. Um, I thought that was interesting because it's not something that I really expected. I thought if they would sign a contract, it would be longer term, but clearly that was not the case. And maybe that's just how my NFL brain thinks. I, I don't really know. Um, because the MLB contracts and arbitration is a little bit over my head. So I will say that so everyone knows I don't fully understand it. But hey, if that means these guys are happy and happier to sign potentially long-term contracts, that's that's a good thing in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm not too surprised, I guess, that they were just the one year deals because now they're going to play the arbitration system again next year. So, um, especially if they keep playing well, um, they're going to get pay raises. Um, you know, it's just all part of the process here. Obviously, you'd like the brewers to lock them up long term, but I do think it's kind of funny right now. Like, if you look at the brewers' payroll situation, Josh Hader is the uh, fourth highest paid brewer right now behind Kane, Yelich, and Garcia. And then coming in in the fifth spot is now brandon woodruff (laughs) so (laughs) there there's just not a lot of players getting paid a ton of money um which is a whole nother podcast in itself so we won't get into that so just wanted to bring that to fruition here as as we were mentioning both of those guys will be brewers here uh looking towards next season as we look towards players who may not be at the major league level or maybe at the major league level next year um i wanted to evaluate a uh a top 30 prospects list put out by prospectslive.com. I'll I'll put the link in the the description of the podcast here. But they obviously kind of go through their own top 30 rankings, give a synopsis of each of the players. And there are some differences between, like, if you go on the Brewers website. So that's kind of why I wanted to go into some of these lesser-known prospect names here. Um, So let's dive into this list here. I mean, you take a look at the Brewers' top 30. The first three is Mitchell, Terang, and Small. And this one on Prospects Live is the same. And then fourth is where the discrepancy comes in. In the Brewers' website, it's Feliciano at fourth. And on Prospects Live, it is Hedbert Perez. So unless you have anything on any of the top three guys, we'll dive into Perez. So what do you got for me, Trevor?
0: (laughs) I was gonna bring him up if you didn't. Mm -hmm. So he's a guy, international free agent signee for the Brewers, I believe in 2019. Yes, in 2019, they signed him there. And he's interesting. Like some of the stuff I'm reading on him on this site, and this site's really cool, so check that out because it is super interesting um, and gives you some in-depth stuff about some of these prospects that you don't know. Um, For the 2021 season, he will be 18 years old. So there is a long time, one, before we ever see him. And two, to me, that that means he has time to grow and really solidify how good of a player he's going to be. But the tools are there. And they have an overall future projection for these players. Um, Garrett Mitchell, they have at a 55 perez they have at a 50 uh terrain and smaller also at a 50 just so you know um but the in terms of the actual grades that this website gives them it's pretty close to what garrett mitchell is in in terms of the grade so hit power or hit grade is 55 for mitchell 50 for perez power 50 for Mitchell, 55 for Perez. So basically a swap there. And I've seen descriptions of his of his power. And they say batting practice sessions are a sight to see, including some light tower shots in Miller Park after the signing last July. So he sounds like an exciting, uh, powerful guy at the plate. Field grade, Mitchell has a 60. Uh, Perez has a 55 arm, 55 for Mitchell, 60 for Perez, and then run grade, 60 for Mitchell, which we knew he's extremely fast, and Perez not far behind at 55. So this guy is pretty close to Garrett Mitchell with the at least the grades from Prospects Live. I, I think that's super exciting, and at 18, I feel like he grows up a little bit, matures a little bit. He might be able to make those you know, that fielding grade a little bit better, his power a little bit better, his hit a little bit better. His arm and run are probably where they're at. I don't know how much that will change, but you can see the potential in this guy. And doesn't necessarily mean he's ever going to make it to the majors. Um, I feel like with a young guy like this, with a lot of tools, there's that ceiling, but there's also that, you know, kind of low floor that he would have due to all of that kind of stuff a guy that I think is super super exciting but we'll have to see um we'll have to see if he eventually finds his way into this Brewers outfield because that I think a pairing of Mitchell and Perez would be a lot a lot of fun alongside one Christian Yelich.
1: oh gosh yeah it certainly would I mean The big hype about Perez is just the fact since the time the Brewers signed him until now, he's put on 20 pounds of muscle already. And as a left-handed swinger, that should translate well into Miller Park is really the big hope. And you already mentioned his arm's probably where it's at. Well, he's got a cannon right now. He's capable of playing any outfield position, even as a left-handed thrower as well, so Yeah, pairing him anywhere versatility in the outfield would be great. I mean, overall, they—I don't know if you mentioned it—they project him as a twenty-homer, double-digit steal type player. So, um, I would love to see that. And that's awesome. Yep, he actually has some uh, some deep ties to Milwaukee. So Robert Perez was his father, who most known for playing with the Blue Jays in the kind of mid to late 90s. But Robert Perez, uh, actually, his last MLB experience was with the Brewers in 2001, which, as we know, is all seasoned Brewer fans don't want to remember. So um, that was a very limited sample size. But I do think that's kind of cool to point out in that regard. But yeah, lots, lots of development still there to go with him. Um, but it's going to be cool to see Just kind of, you know, his where this minor league, how he progresses in the minor leagues because the hype is real and he spent some time at the alternative training site this year. So he's been going up against guys with really good skill levels and hopefully Uh, can progress rather quickly.
0: I really hope we start to see some uh, training camp games with him. I think he's a lot of fun. Like just like I, I will be honest, I had no idea who he was 20 minutes ago. But I am all in now because this this is the type of thing that I love. The NFL Draft, I love talking prospects. This is the reason why. Because you can just get so excited about some of these players. And yeah, especially in the MLB, don't always pan out. And in the MLB, especially, they don't always pan out for your team. A lot of times you feel like you trade prospects and then they're great in other organizations. But To me, I'm super excited. One thing that's kind of interesting is he will be eligible for the Rule 5 draft in 2023. So that'll be at 20 years old. And just two years from now, uh, Prospects Live has an estimated time of arrival to the MLB as 2025 for him. So that's something that, although it's not in the immediate future, but... That's something to kind of watch and see what happens that year if the Brewers do protect him. Um, because maybe he's a little bit away from actually getting to ma- the major league level. But he might be a prospect because of his unique traits that they do protect him. And that that's something that I would be interested in watching. Again, long time till that could potentially happen, but that is something that I find is interesting and could be affecting his route to the to the brewers um, at the major league level I think
1: yeah that's a really good point. You just hope in a couple of years from now we have if he's not ready have some availability to stash him on this forty man roster, so I really love your. Like two-year, way-too-early 40-man roster prediction right there. I love it. <laughs> yep, so. he'll be on it. He'll be on he'll it. He'll be on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move down the list here. On Prospects Live, they have Freddy Zamora and Hank Contrell at 5-6. and six. Um, They were both just drafted this year. Um, so if you're not familiar with them, go check out you know our podcast from back in like June to kind of get a recap on them. Um, I think the hype on Prospects Live might just be a little bit too high for these guys. I, I think it's a little too far up there. But I want to focus on number seven and eight on this list, which is a pair of catchers, Mario Feliciano and then Jefferson Cuero. So Feliciano, we're obviously pretty familiar with, just got added to the 40-man roster this offseason. On the Brewers' website, he is the fourth-ranked prospect. And I actually just watched a video on Feliciano not too long ago. Apparently, he, um, because of his, you know, being what Venezuelan or wherever he's from, um, is training a lot with uh, our hated Yadier Molina. Um, <laughs> but still, to be training with him is awesome. And learning from, you know, one of the best game-calling catchers, I think, is great. And Feliciano in the 2019 AAA season had just an incredible offensive outburst. I think he led that league with like 81 RBIs. Struck out a little bit more than what people would have liked, but it was an area that he, in the video, he addressed and said, I'm working on it, and um, as a bat-first catcher, he's someone I really
0: like. He's a guy that's been mentioned among Brewer fans for, feels like, quite some time now. And, And maybe that's just been the last year or so, but he's a guy that's always brought up because, I think, in part due to the Issues or long-term concerns that the Brewers have at the position so he's a guy that Brewer fans are kind of clinging on to and I mean being in the top ten of both of these prospect lists is Exciting and it's a guy that you know, you hope that we'll be able to see soon and he's gonna be a Big-time bat for the Brewers moving forward and you mentioned Jefferson Kiro Tyler and Again, I think I just get too high on the tools, but the tools for him are, according to Prospect Lives, is better than Feliciano. Again, another international signee, um, 18 years old. So there's, you know, pretty, as Prospect Live puts it, extreme risk. Like there's a good chance that he doesn't become this. You know, there's a lot of You don't really know what's going to happen with international signees, all those types of things. But in terms of the pure grades that they give them for hit, power, field, arm, and run, Cuero is better by those grades in every category or the same. Uh, Feliciano, 45 hit, Cuero, 50. Uh, Power is 55 for both of them. Fielding, 55 for Cuero and 45 For Feliciano we knew that he's more of a a hit first catcher and then arm and run are both the same 55 for arm 40 for run so he's at that kind of same level and he's a little bit younger so we'll have to see how he develops but both of those players are potential long-term options and we've seen it in the past in pretty much any sport I'm a Obviously a big Packer fan. I'm a big Brewer fan too. But the first thing that comes to mind in this is the C position for football center. We had a very good player in J.C. Treader at center a few years ago. Um, He was very good. He was playing extremely well and he was up for a payday. And the Packers were like, we have someone we trust to step up, play well, and, and that guy is the number one graded PFF center this year. that's Corey Lindsley. So that could be something, you know, because he's four years younger, he could be the one that steps up when uh, Feliciano wants a massive contract after arbitration or whatever it is. It's never a bad thing to have a couple long-term answers at a position in baseball. And those are two guys that if they both hit, and again, that's probably... A relatively unlikely scenario, but if they both hit, that is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and both those players have the tools to be very, very effective players in the major leagues.
1: Oh, most certainly. I mean, obviously, they're in a little bit different spots, like Feliciano, 22. Cuero here now is 18, obviously, as an international free agent. Um, he's got some work to do just being 18 years old going into this season, but Um, I do think there is, yeah, like you said, some good promise because the big thing with Jefferson Quiro here was his glove. I mean, he operates um, on a knee at all times, really good at blocking the balls, really good pop time. Um, But his bats and kind of really ability to generate some power working gap to gap has kind of boosted him up here into the top 10, according to Prospects Live. So. Yeah, well, their, their time frame is obviously quite different here. Um, it is a good thing to have this depth here, like you are mentioning. I like that analogy with the Packers. Right after him, uh, number nine is Eduardo Garcia. So another, I believe he was an international free agent signing as well, which has been a theme with the Brewers here for over, you know, since David Stearns came. Um, This guy hasn't necessarily worked up into, like, the the low A, the double A's, um, highest levels, Dominican Summer League, um, but has a really, really plus glove. I mean, that's going to help him progress a lot quicker. Um, It's just the bat that needs to help Garcia kind of take that next step. He, as well, will be 18 years old coming into this year, right-handed thrower, right-handed batter. Um, Just, you know, like, I think the when you think of the overall abilities of him, just kind of reminds you of Orlando Arcia. Like the glove is so advanced, hitting needs to get there. So um, that's my comp right there with him. Yeah, I was going to say, as you were explaining him, um, I was like, just drop the G
0: in his last name. It's Eduardo (laughs) (laughs) Um, That That's kind of what it seems like, even though you look at his grades per Prospects Live, and if you agree with them, um, he has decent hits, 50. Um, I definitely feel like that was higher than Arcia's grade. So, you know, if he can just be a sol- he doesn't have to be a power guy by any stretch, but if he can just be solid at the plate, you know, hit on average around 270, you know, if he has a good year, get up towards 300. And he has that great arm, great fielding ability. That is, you're winning at that point you know that's that's a plus in your if you're the brewers that's a plus for that position you don't need a guy that hits 320 every year because that's hard to come by and if he does it that's awesome but also if he hits 270 to 300 on a consistent basis and he is a plus defender in the field that's a good thing and not everyone can be a Christian Yelich so you need players like that to be able to step up you know is is Bryce Terang that player? Garcia, like we we're talking about. We briefly went by guys that we drafted this year in Zamora and Cantrell. Are those the type of guys that can do that? All of those players that I'm talking about, their fielding is 55 or above. So according to Prospects Live, like we've been saying, they've 55 or above. The worst arm is Cantrell at a 50. Otherwise, it's 55 or above for everyone else with their arm. So all of them good fielding shortstops their hit is looks like every everyone's at a 50 hit too so uh the power garcia apparently has the best power at 45 the other ones are at 40. so that's a that's a position that relatively soon i feel like needs to be addressed with some sort of long-term answer And there's options, but the options are extremely young at this point and we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with that shortstop position. But there are are those options coming up um, and we'll have to wait and see who kind of takes the lead, whether it be Garcia, Terang, Zamora or Cantrell. But according to Prospects Live, even though they have Terang at two and Garcia at nine, the grades themselves are relatively close. Um, the big difference is Tereng has sixty runs, so he's very fast on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, that's true. Plus, I mean, Garcia obviously has a long ways to go and not playing in any of the minor league systems, essentially that yeah. we're familiar with, anyway. So, um, yeah, we'll see there. It's you know, how many times can we just ask for a shortstop that can hit? above 250. (laughs) That is just crazy to think that that's what we're asking for right now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's drop down to number 13 on this list. This is a right-handed pitcher, Victor Castienda. Uh, His hat here has the um, Timber Rattlers hat on. So obviously that was the last level he played at here. But as I was reading through him here, he's a a 22-year-old right-handed pitcher. And the, you know, the biggest things that kind of made him jump up here because I don't even believe he's on the Brewers top 30 list is some increase in velocity coming most recently, obviously not in game action, but pumping near 95, 96 with his fastball. So I was like, oh, that's good. And overall they say, you know, he worked out of, you know, the late rotations in the bullpen in the 2019 season. So you're like, okay, high leverage reliever, you know, that'd be nice. We could use that. Well, then I started reading about his splitter. His nastiest pitch actually controls it better than his fastball. These are direct words from the evaluator here, Russ Peters, on Prospects Live. So my first thought here is, holy shit, could this be a Devin Williams 2.0? Throw your splitter. 55% of the time, fastball the remaining 45% of the time, keep hitters off balance that way. Like, man, that would just be insane. Obviously, I I don't know what it looks like. It's most likely not going to have anywhere near the movement, but just that pitch mix um, got me thinking. He obviously throws a curveball here as well, um, according to this website, but just kind of that that thinking has me really excited about this guy all of a sudden. Yeah, that that splitter sounds fun. And the fact that Like you said, Tyler,
0: Russ Peters says in his splitter, explanation of his splitter, this pitch could already give major league hitters trouble. And the fact that he, you know, is in a ball is a little bit of a concern. Um, And I don't know if any other teams would be interested, but he's a guy that's eligible for the Rule 5 draft this upcoming year in 2021. So... That's something to keep an eye on. I, like I said, I don't know if any teams would be interested and if they need to protect him. Uh, but, you know, that splitter is definitely fun to think about and, and potentially see for the Brewers at the major league level. Um, and and he's a guy that I think you just want to track. And, and I want to see when he does move up to double A ball, can he still be... Um, a good pitcher and and can he use that splitter to continue to keep guys off balance and all those types of things. Um, if he starts to work up in the minor league system and continues to pitch well, I think this is going to be a name that more Brewer fans are going to get to know. It's going to be that Aaron Ashby type of guy, you know, the guy that all Brewer fans want to see eventually all these types of things. And he could become that guy if he continues to progress and progress well, I do think. Um, So that's definitely someone that I will be keeping an eye on. Um, Another guy that I will be keeping an eye on that I wanna bring up, and Tyler and I had brought him up before, and even before he was on the top 30 list for the Brewers, and they have him at 17 on Prospects Live, and that is Max Lazar. Nothing like truly, truly elite for him in terms of his stuff. Um, lots of 45s across the board for him, but his control and command is very, very effective. He is a very good job at pounding the zone and that's his biggest kind of asset. So to me, that sounds you know like Zach Davies type of guy, um, but I do feel like you know, having a guy that's just going to go out there and pound the strike zone is a good thing to have. And even though his stuff is an incredible fastball 85 to 89, again, nothing, nothing truly spectacular in terms of his stuff, but he's out there getting guys out. Tyler and I were there to watch Ethan Small and We saw this guy and were impressed with what he was able to do. We got to see him do it at a higher level. His highest has been high A ball, it looks like. So something to keep an eye on to watch. Um, Another guy that, again, is eligible for the Rule 5 draft. I don't know if anyone would want him at this point. Um, But another guy that Tyler and I have been excited about for, for quite some time. And it's Craig Council loves his... Uh, powerful pitchers in the bullpen, all those types of things. But he also likes to, you know, supplement those fast pitchers with guys that are, you know, the opposite, a little bit more control, the Brett Suter's of the world. And to have a guy like Max Lazar, who's just going to pound the zone, I do think that could be an option for Craig Council to have a change of pace because, again, we know he likes – to have players like that to keep hitters off balance.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a really good point, especially with, yeah, like you said, council's managerial style. Um, and just being able to see Lazar, we, I mean, we saw his command firsthand, and we were like, holy shit, that was impressive. I mean, not going to get the high strikeout game, or strikeout totals, but generates contact, like you said, gets the outs. And... I mean, when we saw him pitch for the Timber Rattlers, that was like the quickest game I've ever attended. It was like two hours and like five minutes was the game time total. So, just just absolutely insane there. So, yeah, he'll be fun one to monitor as we scroll down the list here a little bit more. Um, after Lazar at seventeen or Laser at seventeen is Zach Brown. Then we have a trio of outfielders: Carlos Rodriguez, Joe Gray, Joey Weimer, who was just drafted this last offseason. And then I want to go ahead and talk about number 22 on the list, and that is Jesus Parra. So I have him as a a third baseman slash second baseman here. Just 18 years old here. Highest level he's played is Dominican Summer League. Um, But at 18 years old, he is 6'2", 184 pounds. And they project that he's going to grow more and add more muscle. Um, So I just kind of want to talk about him because, you know, we think about this Brewers Minor League system when we go like, Right now, the team's like, we need a first base, we need a third baseman. And it's like, there's just no one in the minor leagues who fits that build. Well, now we're getting down there. Granted, this guy's 18 years old, but finally, you know, he projects best at third base due to his strong arm. If he's able to add some power and fit that kind of typical power profile of a third baseman, um, that might be an option many years to come here going up. He... his. Um, run ability is really low. He's super slow. So like my comp, obviously, I don't know I'm throwing this out in the wind. I'm like, Hey, it's like an Aramis Ramirez type of guy. Super (laughs) slow, good throwing arm hits for power. Um, obviously I highly doubt he'll be anything like A-R-M was throughout his impressive career, but we do have a third baseman down way, way, way deep in the minor league system. So Jesus Pyra, remember that name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this is going to sound weird. But the picture that they have of him on Prospects Live, so I'm not by any means comparing him to this player. I am not by any means saying that is what he's going to turn into. But that picture reminds me of one of that first interview that we ever saw from Giannis. Like, (laughs) just a little kid that isn't, like, fully prepared for what's about to happen and that that's what he looks like. He just looks like a young kid that isn't fully matured into his body. All those types of things. Again, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination, he's going to be MVP caliber um, player, potentially one of the best players in the league, not saying that, but that picture just instantly reminded me, to be honest, and I couldn't get it off my mind. So if I'm anywhere close to, him reminding me of Giannis like if he's anywhere near that that I mean that's a win and we don't have to worry about third base for a long time if he's anywhere close to the level of Giannis but I I do think he's an interesting player you know they they say he's got pretty impressive size and power and then just no speed which is interesting but if you're playing third base you have a strong arm you can hit you can hit for power he doesn't have to be that rangy third baseman. You don't have to be that rangy to play third base. I did it. I played three steps off the bag, four steps off the bag, you know, somewhere where I can still make plays at the line and I can help the shortstop a little bit, shorten the hole a little bit. But you don't have to be necessarily fast. I am not a fast human being by any stretch of the imagination. And I played third base very effectively in my, in my prime, you know, <laughs> I was extremely good at it, and I am not any kind of athlete. So you don't have to be a fast person to play third base. I can tell you that. Now, they have him listed third base, second baseman. I'm a little questioning if he's that slow, how he can play second base, because I know I couldn't play second base. But that part of it doesn't worry too much for me. If you can just field ground balls and throw the ball hard, you're going to be a fine third baseman. And if you bring the extra power, that is a big time thing. Um, Definitely a guy to watch. Kind of disappointing that he's the, the highest rated prospect, according to Prospects Live, at the third base position. Um, And maybe that's something that even, he's 18 years old, so he's not coming up anytime soon. So maybe that's something that they're going to have to address to get a guy there. I know Brewer fans are... Wanting to see it sooner rather than later and want someone there, uh, but we'll have to wait and see what happens from David Stearns. But overall, there's there's guys to be excited about. There's guys we didn't talk about that are really should be, you should be excited about. We briefly mentioned Mitchell, Terang, and Small, obviously top three prospects on both of these prospect boards. So guys you should be excited about. Other guys that we didn't really mention Aaron Ashby, Antone Kelly. Our guys left-handed pitchers that you can be excited about one guy that I kind of want to get your opinion on and I don't know exactly where he is on the prospect live he's at 15 Tristan Lutz what what are your opinion on that guy the Brewers prospect list has him at five um, and like I said 15 for prospects live so what are your thoughts on him Tyler
1: Yeah, Tristan Lutz, um, I believe he had a lot more hype a couple years ago coming up. Um, Really, really good throwing arm, really good power potential, but it just hasn't really translated in his game at this point. I mean, that's why his highest level has been high A ball so far. Um, So still kind of working his way through the system. Um, He really kind of has everything you would think to fit like a corner outfielder type of mold. I guess the biggest thing that's kind of holding him back at this point is just batting. He's not hitting right-handed batters as well as you would have, you would like, um, which is really, you know, was holding him back from progressing through the minor leagues a little bit quicker. Um, like I said, a few years ago, his ability to hit homers and drive ball for power, I think, kind of skyrocketed him up the the Brewers ranks. And now now he's starting to slow down a little bit here. He's going to be 22 years old this season. So... Depending on how much work he's put in, given there was no season last year, if he can, if he can hit for a little bit higher average, um, cut down on the strikeouts, um, and start being a little bit more productive, then, then yeah, you you might be able to get some more hype going his way. But um, I think that's just kind of where he's sitting right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's fair. That I just I like the power and arm potential that he brings. Uh, that's basically his plus attributes are power and arm um, and kind of average throughout. So like you said, if he can figure out how to hit right-handed hitters, you know, they're projecting him as a platoon type of player. So if he can figure that out and hit them effectively enough, I do think he's a guy to watch. But also we've talked about some other outfield prospects that makes me be like, he just might be a guy that never truly, Gets a chance in this organization, even though there it is a while, but probably before we see Mitchell and Perez. But those two guys are at the top of my list, and I I am really hopeful for those two guys. And if we get in three four years, if we get a Mitchell, Perez, and Yelich outfield, that is going to be a lot a lot of fun. Um, I think you could put Mitchell in center or Perez in center. They're both extremely fast. Um, they both can play pretty much anywhere in the outfield. That would be my dream. But I feel like uh, a 22-year-old Tristan Lutz at this point could be another guy that could make an impact on that. We'll have to wait and see what happens with him. But there are there's a lack of third baseman, but there is a lot of outfielders on this list. We didn't mention guys like Corey Ray. Tyler briefly mentioned Joey Weimer, who was just drafted, who in 2021 is apparently going to be 1,023 years old, according to Prospects Live. (laughs) Uh, I would guess 23. I'm guessing he's going to be 23. He's a guy that does not have much in terms of offense, but he has a 70 grade. This is the only 70 grade I've seen on this for his arm talent. So definitely a defensive guy, but that's something interesting to watch. I think there's, there's a lot of guys, like everyone on this list, you can pick one thing that like, if they figure it out and figure out how to be effective, can be a very, very fun player. So it's something that can, we'll continue to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll continue to update you, see how these players are doing, all those types of things. But I, I just love looking at The potential of some of these players that we have coming up in the system
1: yeah most certainly so that i think we'll probably wrap it up for our prospect talk here today again the uh the link for this website will be in the uh, podcast description make sure you check it all out that is the prospects live version of the top 30 um my article or my Man, or like site editor, excuse me, at Reviewing the Brew, David Gasper, just did his own personal top 50, so I'll post that there as well. Um, like I said, it's prospect season, so make sure you are checking all of these things out because the Brewers haven't given us much news recently, so nothing better to do than to check out Prospects. But yeah, that's gonna wrap us up for today. We will be back with you next Monday, unless the Brewers do surprise us with a signing which I am just gonna say, so hopefully it happens. But until we talk to you later, see you later, bird fans.